And this episode of the Disney Dads Podcast is brought to you courtesy of our Patreon supporters. Want to support the show? Become a Patreon member. Thank you, thank them. Now enjoy the show. Round one is over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids, sip. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That we all started by a month. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. Bunch of madness around here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Disney Dads Podcast. Show it's a little about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. My name is Justin, and I have missed you guys so so much. It's been a few weeks since I've been on here to chat with you, but I am back with the fellas, and tonight I am joined by not one, not two, but three of the guys. Fellas, Mike, Joe, Dave, how you doing? I, I missed I missed both of you guys. Uh, you know, it's been a while since I've seen you two fellas. Uh, you know, it's it's nice to have the band. We're missing Jay tonight. You know, but he had some he had a bad migraine. He had some stuff going on. But uh, it, it's glad to see you guys. And I'm I'm I, we're gonna get into it in a little bit. But I'm excited about tonight's topic too. Yeah, man, Joe, what's up down there down where you're at? Everything is uh, it's good, man. It's uh, it's been raining for the last couple of days, so. Uh... That kind of stinks, but uh, and unlike Mike, I'm kind of uh, nervous about this topic tonight because it's uh, kind of my weak point. But oh. I'm gonna do my best. Oh, this is a fun one, man. Well, we had to bring in the heavy hitter for tonight for this topic. That's for sure. Uh, my my brother from down under, you, you just returned from this spot. So uh, how are things, brother? Dude, like about an hour and fifteen minutes ago, I was yeah. standing in the middle of it. I got home and I even changed my shirt to make sure I was wearing my. Oh, uh, I love it. Yeah, my rebellion shirt tonight for recording um i thought mike would also appreciate that uh super pumped for it and yeah well excited. Uh, I, I yeah things are great here i um i am fighting a little bit of a cold um I, when i was in elementary school i was voted boy most likely to get a head cold still while wearing a mask um so i i earned that trophy um and it's uh but i'm fighting a little bit of a head cold but here having a blast um also i'm gonna t- pat myself on the back we told a story, uh, Mike and Jay gave me a little bit of a hard time a little while back because I have been building a grill station here at the house, right? And uh, I went all out, tile top. I mean, the thing looks just great, right? But I didn't tell you guys what happened. So, Mike, when I went to put the grill in, dude, I measured that thing 30 times, right? When I went to put the grill in, <laughs> I had added on some like trim and it was just enough that the grill wouldn't fit (laughs) so we go to set the grill in and it's just hovering like a half inch above where it's supposed to go like it's levitating and i look at katie and katie just gives me this look like oh no things are about to get bad so i just literally grabbed the trim two three pieces of trim and just ripped them off and then the grill sit right in it looks fine it looks great still but that tells you that hey i I'm not quite to perfection yet, but it turned out okay. 
Uh, a friend of I didn't mean to laugh, but I thought it was. I did. I, I did. I knew. I knew we were getting. There had to be some kind of caveat to the story where something just didn't go right. Uh, Every picture you sent me was like perfect. I'm like, something's got to be wrong. There's got to be something along the lines. We don't hear from him that often. There's got to be some. I can see some of those pieces were put together with anger. I could definitely see that this wasn't 100% perfection. And now the truth comes out, and we finally see that uh, that there was a little bit of a mishap. But I'm glad you were able to rectify it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a quick. Uh, uh, um, I turned into the Incredible Hulk and literally just ripped pieces of wood off of it till it uh, till it slid in. I have a good I have good memory of a friend of mine. Um, he was helping me build something, and we were we'd done it six seven times, and we were ready to do it. And whatever we were at, he goes, "Hold on a second, let's just check it." And his motto was, "Measure twice, cut once, swear less." Oh, I do the other one. Someone told uh, me to. Someone told me to measure none and then cut multiple times until it's finally right. <laughs> You're doing great. Oh, You're okay. doing All great. Right. Yeah, figuring this out a little, a little as I go. But hey, look, you know, I, I never claim to be uh, be a woodworker. Wood woodworker. Woodworker. Wow. Um, we're gonna move on to the topic this evening, uh, guys. I am super excited for one of our brothers' trips coming up. Mike is heading down to the world. Uh, and he's going to get his first look at Galaxy's Edge. And, uh, you know, Joe and I, Joe, you and I are really similar in the fact that we're, neither one of us are huge Star Wars fans. Like, it's okay. You know what I mean? I like it. It's fine. But we don't, like, dive, dive into this topic like uh, like Dave and, and Mike do. No, that's 100% right. And, uh, you know, I, I did, a couple of years back, I did binge watch a lot of the... Uh, I did binge watch a lot of the older episodes of uh, of Star Wars and the like the original four, five, six, I guess you want to call mm-hmm. them, right? And I found those very entertaining. I really liked them. But then I started to get lost with the newer ones and then like the real recent ones. And then there was just too much going on and then I got completely lost. And I was like, you know what? I kind of, if it was just based off the original three, I would be more invested into it. But it just became too complicated for me. So I, like like you. When I go to Galaxy's Edge, I appreciate for what it is. I appreciate Star Wars for what it is. I appreciate that is your forte. I won't knock it. But for me, it's just one of those things where I'm just like, I respect it. But, yeah. So the newer Star Wars for me, Joe, turned into what I like to say my childhood and, and growing up in Kentucky was like. There were cousins and aunts and uncles and no one knew who fit where or who was, you know what I mean? And I can say this because I'm from Kentucky. Um it's, I got confused, man. There's so many characters now, and it's not like it was in the original three. So uh, I'm with you. But the good thing is we're doing this show. We don't get to do too many of these. We're doing this show uh, really for Mike tonight. We are going to talk 10 must-not-miss things in Galaxy's Edge. As we go into it, um, I had a really quick story that I wanted to share. Um, And whenever I am taking somebody into Galaxy's Edge for the first time, um, I like to set that moment for them. 
okay? And the story that I tell actually takes place a number of years before the opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Uh, back in a time before we had a name for it, and everybody just kind of used to call it Star Wars Land. We knew this was coming, but we really didn't have too many uh, particulars on it. And there was a gathering of people that was actually called uh, Star Wars Celebration. And uh, it's kind of like the Comic-Con of uh, Star Wars. So all of those um, super geeks and nerds who love Star Wars passionately get together. Um, and they did a presentation at it. It was called... Lucasfilm and the Disney Parks. Hmm. And they basically said, this is the first time we're really going to talk about it. And so everybody gathered in this room and the moderator started the conversation and he said, who wants to be the first to tell me about this new Star Wars planet? And one of the guys on the stage put up his hand and I'm going to paraphrase because I can't remember his exact words, but he said something to the effect of, I'll tell you about it, but the first thing we need to acknowledge is that the planet of Batu is not new. The planet of Batu has existed for a millennia. It has its own people that live there. They have their own traditions. They have their own rites of passage. They have their own way of speaking. Uh, and they have their own way of dressing. And the thing that makes it feel new is that this is the first time we get the opportunity to visit. And there was this collective sigh of relief in the room where everybody went, oh, they're not going to mess this up. This is going to be amazing. And so when, when you enter Galaxy's Edge and you step onto the planet of Batu, there's this transformation and then this transition onto that um, and it was something we learned with the creation of the world of Pandora, um, the moon of Pandora and Andy's backyard was to take out the guests and literally let them step into these worlds. And it was taken to such an amazing length with the creation of Batu uh, that we get, invite the guests now to visit Black Spire Outpost on the edge of the galaxy. The moment in time is set just between... Uh, Right, the rise uh, just before the rise of Skywalker, the movie. So just after the Last Jedi, and this is um, Ray and Chewie have touched down. There's so many different parts of the storyline happening that there is so much to explore. Yeah, it's I, I tell you what, you you nailed it perfectly. And going into our top ten, this is a perfect opportunity to go to. Well, these are in no order. To our first one, let's talk about, and let's talk about one thing you really must do every time you go on planet, and that is get to know the characters, get to know the people, get speak the language. Uh, you know, head over to, and, and see Kylo Ren and the First Order officers. Uh, go over and see Rey and Chewbacca. Uh, do those little things. You know, whenever you're riding, see Hondo. Like, do all the little things that makes you a part of the story too. Um, Dave, you know, one thing I love when I'm in, I'm in on planet with you is you're great at this, you know, you're great at taking it all in and saying, okay, we are going to use the language they use here at Batu. And I think this is going to play even more so once we get the new hotel, because now people, as they enter, are going to be playing roles, um, for first time visitors, like when Mike goes, 
give him some tips and tricks to speak the language and give him some places to go to where he has to see these characters because they tell the story so well. Well, the, the first one obviously is um, that the planet of Batu has multiple suns, uh, like many of the planets. Um, I think it has three from memory. I'm not sure whether it's two or three. I, uh, I, I have been wrong before. So, um, but th- so their standard greeting during the day is bright suns. Um, this doesn't change if it's raining. It's just a standard greeting, and it's their way of saying hello. If it's in the evening, they say rising moons for a short period of time while Galaxy's Edge is open. And then um, they have sayings like, um, if you, they're saying farewell, they will say, till the spire. Um, it is Black Spire Outpost, and uh, it's their way of saying, I hope you farewell. Yeah. So, yeah. There, and there's there's so many great, like, I know it took me a minute whenever I went on to planet for the first time to be like, okay, like they don't know anything outside of this planet, which is so interesting. Mike, when you first walk into Galaxy's Edge, that's what I'm excited for. When you make that transition, which I, I, I really think, and I think Joe and Dave will agree with me, transition from uh, over by Muppets don't come from Toy Story. Don't you think so? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the beauty of the way it's created and is that there are those two entry points. What we think of as the back door there at um, Toy Story is actually the main entrance way into it uh, when you visit it in California. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So they're both created equally. Um if you come in from Muppets, you do step into the forest area just outside the civilization, and you're right near uh, Rise of the Resistance. Um, but, I mean, it's an equally magical ex- entrance no matter where you come from. However, the I think what Justin is referring to and what Joe would agree is, is that when you come from Muppets, it's the complete... Um, obscurity Mm -hmm. of what you're walking into um you cannot see anything it's just a giant tunnel and it even looks a little bit like a a new york uh tunnel of nondescript uh kind of element just less less pea smell that's it yeah mike mike so what i'd say is it's as, as a guy from jersey right it's like when you get into the lincoln tunnel but shorten it up by a bunch and all of a sudden the next thing you see is like bam you're right in midtown manhattan it's kind of like if you take it a midtown tunnel from Long Island, it's the same thing. You go into the midtown tunnel, bam, you're right into the city. So it's like obviously much shorter, okay? But it, it, it that gives you that little bit of like suspense, and then then you're magically transported to where you want to be. You know what I'm saying? So you you don't get that from the back entrance. You know, the, the, I guess it's like the one they have in Disneyland as the main entrance. But I would definitely just go through through Muppets and just experience that slow transition. I think you'll definitely uh, appreciate it more. Well, I also think it has something to do with, typically if you come that way, you're walking by Star Tours. So you already are in a mindset anyways. You know what I mean? Like you're passing the massive trees and you're pa- you know. And, and, yeah, and, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? So you're already kind of like, okay, cool. Like if, if you could walk past Star Tours and then close your eyes for 75 steps, then you would be okay. I mean, it just Mike should try this. No, don't close your eyes for 75 steps, you'll run into a bunch of no, people. he'll be good. That's he'll be good. good. <laughs> no, 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 social distancing, it's good. Um, Mike, can we give you some uh, some postcards with uh, maybe some terms to use while you're on planet? 
Oh, of course, yeah, I totally role play into that. I do have a question though. Is uh, now obviously I had a trip ple- uh, planned before COVID, and obviously that got canceled because of all the COVID stuff. Um, am I losing something? I know, I know. Obviously, character meet and greets are different in the parks. Is there going to be an element that's lost because of some of these the COVID rules and uh, enforcement that's in place right now? Am I going to lose some of that character interaction? The short answer is yes. Um, okay. The we, um. Pre-COVID and during uh, its early stages, um, there were moments where the uh, the stormtroopers would be walking through the, the those marketplaces, and uh, Chewie and Ray would be walking around, and then suddenly, like Ray would spot the stormtroopers ahead of you and I've literally seen her use an entire group of people as a shield so that they could all walk past the stormtroopers and like she's just standing in the middle of this group of people going everybody move everybody move get me past this get and just these beautiful interactions um they have moved some of those, and uh, Ray and Chewbacca now regularly hang out uh, near the droid depot. Mm-hmm. There's a platform area and some um, vehicles that they might be trying to find some pieces that might help a Corellian freighter that they're um, that they may have touched down on that needs some TLC. Um, and then also some stormtroopers that hang out there, and also a stormtrooper Kylo Ren element uh, ha- that happens. Um, down near the first, f- near the first order end of uh, that particular uh, planet. Yeah, and that's a super like. You know what it reminds me of? It it reminds me of this pre-COVID a throwback to the way characters interact at Disneyland. How it's like more fluid, because you don't really get that in the Magic Kingdom. You know, every now and then you'll get some of it, but everything's pretty structured. Um, it seemed like with Galaxy's Edge, it was random at times i mean i'm sure there's structure to it but there was still random like you would see stuff like that uh and i think that'll be back um let's move on to the second one because although mike not have the perfect um uh character experience i expect him to literally spend everything in his wallet at this next spot and that's doc ondor's den of antiquities um you have to go visit this may be one of the most unique shops on all of Disney property when I walked in there. And also, maybe has some of the more expensive stuff that I've seen, like if you're a Star Wars collector. I'm looking for one of those movie replica lightsabers. Some of these have them in the cases. Is that the store where they get that from? Ooh, I don't know. I th- yeah, I think so. Yeah. I believe it is. Yeah. Okay. I, I know I, they had them before. I know they had them in one of the gift shops, and I've seen them before, and they come in these really nice display cases, almost with felt inside. It's just the hilt, you know, just the handle of it. Yeah. They have the they, they have the Empire one, they, you know, the Star Wars, the, uh, the Rebel, they have the Luke, they have all the different, you know, the hilts, and uh, I really wanted a Darth Vader one, and I remember they had them in one of the stores, obviously pre-COVID, and I wasn't sure if it was still open, and um, I've been kind, I've been, I've, I've, as much as I'm looking forward to this show, I've also been kind of not looking into a lot of it, because I kind of want to go and be surprised when I go to spend my time down there. But I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this because I don't want to leave any details out as well. Joe, do you ever go in the stores when you're in there? Uh, well, if you could find the doorways because it's that detailed. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> because, Mike, you got to remember, I'm not going to give away too much, but it's not like walking through Tomorrowland and it's like, you know, 
Mickey's Star Traders. You know, it's like you have to kind of look for these places or just walk by a wall and see if the door opens or not. You know, I'm saying if like the wall slides open. So I've peeked in a few times. Um, I've been into Doc Ondor's. Some really cool stuff, really expensive stuff in there. I had no idea what a Kyber crystal was or one of those things. I don't know. They were selling in there, but um, it gives you good cool aura. Stuff. It gives your aura good, Joe. That's what it I is. guess. But I, I'll say this: I'm a big sports. I'm a big NASCAR fan. If this was like a NASCAR theme thing, I would be looking at every little detail, so I could understand why. If you're a giant Star Wars fan, you would take interest in every one of these little shops and what they have to offer in there. They did have some really cool stuff. Um, so, Mike, I would suggest take your time go through every one of these things because I, I believe Doc Honors wasn't that crazy busy when I went in there. I think because the things were more expensive. I fully anticipate like Mike to walk in and just sit down in the middle of the floor and just start taking it all in and just sit there like a little kid going, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it's, there's so much to see in there. Um, there is um, now, now that COVID is in place, um, still over in on Galaxy's <clears throat> Edge, um, our protocols over there, um, there is a sometimes a line to get in there because it is an extremely small merchandise store um, by scale to other merchandise stores in Disney World. So um, you do want to yes be aware that there may be a short wait to get inside, um, and but then once you're in there, like it, the walls are lined with references to movies and random elements of this. And they've got, um, oh, I'm trying to think of its name, the giant snow Yeti looking thing from the beginning of the um, abominable. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's go. Hill, um, yes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so he is, uh, they have a, um, a stuffed one of him, like, has been collected. And the idea is that Doc Ondar is a resident there of the planet who collects obscure elements from across the galaxy. And there's just so many little references. Um, they even got to a point where they had to move some of the references. Um, when it first opened, if you stood in an exact correct spot and you looked up, in a particular angle, you got to see literally a tiny glimpse of the top of um, the Ark of the Covenant, mm. which is obviously an Indiana Jones reference, which is also a Lucasfilm connection. So it just kind of was hidden in there, and they had so many people just wanting to stand there in this room looking for it, and it caused a problem, and suddenly... Uh, Doc Ondo found a buyer for it, and it suddenly disappeared. Um, I know this this is kind of off topic a little bit, but uh, Joe, I want to talk to you just real quick because Doc Ondo's favorite Netflix show is F One Drive to Survive uh, about the Formula One teams. It's so good. Yeah, I'm on like episode two of that. I have not finished it. Oh, so I'm, I'm in things, season two. It's so good. I'm not a huge F1 fan, but it's Me very either. intriguing. It's very different than uh, American Motorsports, put it that way. I've very never different. watched a Formula One race in my life, and I am hooked. I'm addicted to this show. Uh, just, much like Doc Ondor. I, he's a, a, always has it on in the background. Uh, like Star Wars, <laughs> F1 is a lifestyle. It yeah. really is. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Sure. And the amount of money it takes to relocate all this equipment, same as Doc Ondor having to relocate all this stuff for us, it's insanity. So, uh, really good stuff. Um, let's move on to our third one. I know Mike is uh, is dying to uh, to take in something that maybe, you know, he might get to do. And this is, uh, of course, grab that coveted, much needed 
pass to ride Rise of the Resistance. Let's talk Rise of the Resistance. We're not going to save it for last because we've talked about it a bunch. But let's talk, Mike, all the reasons why you should ride Rise of the Resistance. Dave, take it away. Okay, first of all, Mike, I assume we're going to try for this, all right? Yep, fantastic. Of course, yeah. Good. And I think the good thing is I'm by myself the first day, so maybe if I have just a one-person party, I have a good shot of eh, sliding in there a little bit. You, uh, I, I don't understand the algorithm. I don't claim to know anything more than anybody else. Uh, what I will say is, yes, I have noticed that, um, and it's like any kind of digital queue where they've got people in groups. This computer is trying to, it, it has X amount per group, once again, I don't know the number, and it's trying to find, and then it randomly assigns them, and then as extra people are added in, literally in the space of split seconds, uh, it is trying to find a spot to put those size groupings, and so if you go in with nine people, you might have a lot more trouble finding a group that has nine spots available. Whereas if you are a single person rider, there is a lot more chance that yes, you may, uh, and I've found that I don't have any scientific basis for how that works, but that is definitely in my experience, what I have encountered and what I have found. Um, here's what I will tell you. And I know that you have worked very hard to, um, to not have any spoilers. You haven't watched any videos, uh, of it. Um, and I'm always very careful in the way I word this because I don't want to build it up too much for a guest in case they don't get to do it. It's mm, not something yeah. that is guaranteed. I know that feeling. Right. Yeah, and so if somebody told you, oh my goodness, this is amazing, this is the best thing that has ever been created, and then you don't get it, you're like, well, what am I missing out on? So I'll usually downplay it a little bit until until the guests that I'm talking to, until I know that they, yes, have uh, an opportunity to write it. My standard way of describing it, then this is purely a personal description, is that in my personal opinion, it is the single greatest ride that has been built by an entertainment theme park company in the world, period. It, that, yeah, you didn't build it up at all there. Um, <laughs> cool, yeah, excellent, yeah. yeah. I was wow. trying to... <laughs> Joe, that's just my opinion Joe have you written um, this I have yes I've got to do it once and so like, I've been to the promised land it's really good um, even as um, you don't have to be a I'd giant bring it, Star I'd bring Wars it back down a little bit yeah. <laughs> so you gotta bring it back to bring it back to reality Joe here um, you don't have to be a Star Wars fan to appreciate how good something is designed it was really good when I got off the ride I looked at my wife I said that was really good I had no idea what was going on in the story. I honestly did not. There was things going on. I won't say specifics because Mike's been really good about avoiding video. But I was like, that's pretty cool. I don't know who that guy is. Like, I'll be honest. I'm not a Star Wars fan. But it was really good. Um, the fact that we got stuck with the Stormtroopers for about an hour and a half. Oh, really? Was, yeah, I got stuck in the room. I was literally answering work emails on my, on my phone. Like, for about an hour and 15 minutes, we were stuck, and we were in that room. I was sending pictures to the guys at work saying, this is where I'm working from right now. And it was, like, taking selfies with, like, the stormtroopers and stuff. <laughs> That's actually pretty cool, man. <laughs> that was actually pretty cool. And it was a hot day that day, too. This is pre-COVID. So, uh, but, yeah, it was, uh, it, it, it's a really, like, you know, like Dave said, it's a really good, like, Dave said it's the best attraction ever. It's really good. I mean, it's, 
I haven't been like on like Ratatouille and some of the other ones that get a lot of praise, but it was very, very good. Just some of the effects. I know it breaks down a lot. It's newer technology, but uh, it's it's really good. I think Mike would appreciate uh, the storyline more than I did because I really didn't understand it. But uh, some of the things that were happening, I was like, ooh, didn't expect that. Didn't expect that. You know, like, oh, that's pretty cool there. So, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good. Dude, when you walk in the room there with all the stormtroopers, it reminds me of my middle school dances. Like, if the stormtroopers were girls and I had to just stand over on the other side, then that's the perfect example of what my childhood was like. You were a wallflower? Oh, I was a wallflower for you a bit. You seemed too cool to be a wallflower. I wasn't cool, that. Joe. I, here's the no, thing. I see that. No, no, I no. I 100% understand. Uh, I was, I, here, here's the thing. I am not tall now by any means. But until my sophomore year in high school, I was four foot eleven. And dude. I was a little, little dude, little dude, and so um, it didn't, it didn't play well. And then I, I hit my growth spurt of two and a half inches, <laughs> and came back for my, my sophomore year, <laughs> so it was good. Um, but uh, Mike, I'll tell you this, man: the one thing about Rise of the Resistance for me was it was a story. It was, it was, you know that song. It's a song that never ends. It goes on and on, my friends. It was, you know, that thing, but in a good way. This thing, like, you don't realize the story starts in the queue. I mean, you're like, you are in the story from the very beginning. Uh, I think it's 18 minutes long, has 65 animatronics in it. Uh, it is, it is gold. Absolute gold. So, from the story point of view, and once again, not giving anything away, um, the the thing that I feel needs to be appreciated most by a Star Wars nerd, um, that I am, self-confessed, um is that at the beginning of The Rise of Skywalker, General Hux receives a demotion, okay? And there's a throwaway line in that scene where they tell you that General Hux receives a demotion because of his poor performance at the Battle of Batu. Rise of the Resistance is the Battle of Batu that is referred to in that movie. So not only is it just an attraction, this ride is actually part of the canon that is Star Wars. And I think that's really the beauty from a, a Star Wars enthusiast point of view of, for this particular attraction is that you're there living one of the moments that is part of the Star Wars storyline. Do you think this gets better with the more times you ride it? Because there's certain attractions that, uh, yes, it has that first time wow factor, but you almost miss little details because, you know, you're you're kind of in the midst of it. But there once, are definitely details yeah. to get. And once, yeah. you, but once you ride it, you can take in more of the story without being so enamored, just trying to be like, I want to be completely in this moment. You can sit back, relax, and take kind of take it all in. So I'm hoping, Mike, Mike, are you going to be at Hollywood Studios for multiple days, or are you just doing the one day? Uh, two days. I have that Friday by myself, and then I have with the girls on that Monday. So I have a shot by myself on Friday, and then I have the four of us on that Monday. Are you going to so try I, to do I, it I, both I, days? Oh, absolutely, because okay. yeah, the girls will love that. Absolutely. Yeah. So Yeah, and it, it's a good, I mean, to be honest, even with a boarding pass, I think it's a good hour experience. Now, if I, if I get lucky on the first time, uh, that Friday morning, and I get a boarding pass when I first get in, do I have a second shot of getting that 2 o'clock boarding pass, too? Or do they, they automatically they, they disqualify you from the second shot? You mean if you already it got is. one? Go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. Right. Yeah, it's my understanding that if you got one earlier in the morning, you're only eligible for one a day. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't think you could double up. Um, I think I, I'm pretty sure because do you remember that when they first started doing this, the uh, the pandemonium that ensued when they I mean, it was I think at one point they they like gave everyone one one day, which is crazy. It was nuts. Yeah. So, it was but they nuts. but they got it figured out. Now it works. It works pretty well if you can get it. And look, what else do you do? Do you have a 10 hour queue? No, no. We knew we've seen that fail miserably. Well, even that, you can't do that in COVID. There's no way. Right. I think we go to Tower of Terror and back again. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, what are you gonna do? I, I think they're gonna do the same thing for Tron too. Um, so I think I think it's a good way to introduce these new attractions. Um, it'll be good. Um, let's move on to something I hope Mike does. You've got to do this um, because after shopping, after checking out some characters, after riding Rise of Resistance. You're going to be thirsty on a hot Florida day, and you're going to need either some blue or green milk uh, heading over to the uh, to the milk stand. Um, I got to ask, Joe, have you ever tried them? Yes, this is this is actually my favorite thing. All right, let's do this. You edge. dive in. Let's let's take so, let's, I, let's get into this. So so I like it. Um, I, I I tried both the blue and the green milk, the non-alcoholic, and uh, I actually really like the blue milk. I think it had a great taste. Um, don't look what's in it. It's got some weird stuff in it, but I actually enjoyed it. Um, it's hard to describe. I don't even know how to describe it. I've had it twice, but I do enjoy it. It's like one of the things. I will say this. As a, not, I, as a non-Star Wars fan, if I go to Galaxy's Edge, I'll still the first be like, is the blue milk stand open? I will go get the blue milk. A lot of people say it's overrated, uh, but to each his own. A lot of people love the turkey. Like A lot of people love the Dole Whip. I think the blue milk's pretty good. I actually enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, it's one of my more favorite things in uh, Galaxy's Edge that I could speak to. And um, you can see by the look on my face, I kind of perked up when you said Yeah, that. no doubt, right? It's the first time it's doing I anything like Star it, so. Wars. You know what I love about it? It's such a throwback to, you know, A New Hope. Like, it's, I mean, this is old school. Like, when you know, Luke and A New Hope is uh, yeah. is drinking blue milk, you know? And it's-, it, and it's one of those weird cult things that came out of that and it has stuck around for years because, yeah, uh, when Luke, as a young boy, walks in back into uh, the farm and with Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru, there was just this random cup of blue liquid and everybody just started calling it blue milk and it stuck. And now we've we get to taste it. Um... For those of you who haven't tasted it and are curious, uh, I always tell people that the blue is, uh, it's almost got like a pina colada yeah, kind yeah. of flavor like to it. Co- Would we like agree with that? Like a coconut. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. That's why I like a is. coconut fan, yeah. There you go. And uh, the green is a little bit more of a citrus kind of uh, skew on that, and um, which is why there's, uh, for the adults, there is rum uh, for the blue, and then a tequila that goes into the uh, green. So it has that little bit more of a citrusy hit to it. Um, and I, I also prefer the blue. Well, I've only done the blue, and I, I've only done it with the, uh, with the rum. And Katie stole my rum unintentionally. I've told this story before that they floated on top and I handed it to her first and she just took a shot of rum. And Katie doesn't drink. So um, so she was not a fan. She's like, ooh, this tastes terrible. And I'm like, because you drank all my rum. Like, what are you doing? Rum. Yeah. Stir it. Mike, please stir it before you drink. Like, I plan on it. Okay, does, good. Does it come in a souvenir cup or it's one of those uh, one and done kind of things? I think it's just yeah, a just a one cup. and done. Yeah. Um, it's always fun to watch what people are drinking from there uh, for um, because 
of alcohol laws and things like that, they're actually served in different shapes. So the uh, round cup means it's a um, it's non-alcoholic. a non-alcoholic version, and then the square one uh, has some extra fun in it. Which is weird because when I have alcohol, I'm definitely not a square. Really? You're just still a wallflower, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy you're gonna try this. Uh, it's definitely good. Uh, well, if that doesn't quench your, uh, uh, quench your thirst, man, this cold medicine's got me rolling. Quench your thirst, buddy. You can uh, head over to legit my favorite thing about Galaxy's Edge. I've had a blast every time I've been in here. So much fun. And I know, Mike, that this is still a maybe. You don't know if this is going to happen or not. I think we can make it happen, though. And that's going over to Ogus Cantina to have a beverage. I will tell you guys this. The first time I did this, like I said, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. Katie is not a uh, Star Wars fan at all. I don't think she's seen any of them, to be honest. Um, We had so much fun. So much fun. We went in there and, you know, I don't know if it's still this way. I'm sure it is. We can only get two drinks. Um, we went in. We had our two drinks, but Katie loves the Jello shots. <laughs> and one of the drinks is a Jello shot, pretty much, that has, like, Pop Rocks on top. And, uh, dude, she crushed them. She loved it. It was a blast. It's fun. It's, Mike, it's a must-do, man. You've got to make friends with somebody with a reservation and get into Oga's Cantina. That's for sure. Yeah, I've been trying every day, every single day, multiple hours of the day, just trying to see if I can get a, maybe somebody canceled and I wind up getting a reservation. But like you said, if I can't, then I'll try and make friends with people online and uh, offer that first round of drinks. So if anybody's going to be down there and they have a reservation, uh, hit me up and I will certainly buy you your first round if you get me in. And that's a steal, too. I mean, yeah, find a group of like three that's standing in a line knowing that there's going to be an extra spot at that table. And uh, I mean, you can all you can do is offer. Um, but it is, from a theming point of view, like you walk in there and it is incredible. Oh. It, they do such an amazing job with the design. There's also some great throwback and, um, and deep cuts. Uh, for the um, Disney historical enthusiast and um, Star Wars lover, um, because the original version of Star Tours had a uh, had a pilot uh, whose name was Rex, mm-hmm. and um, and Rex then lost his job when Star Tours got a uh, a redo, and three PO took over as the pilot in the newer version, um, and then randomly out of nowhere, we found out that Rex wound up on the planet of Batu, and uh, he's actually the DJ in there. Which, given my other life as well. I'm a big fan of DJ Rex. He spins some great tunes. He relies a little too heavily on the cantina bands. Dun, 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 dun. But uh, we still have to love it. Well, the one time I went in there, I, uh, I, I FaceTimed uh, Mike and Jay and Chris Masterakis all three at the same time. And I was just going through, this is pre-COVID, going through fist pumping, you know? Like, tss, tss, tss. All around the all around the place, you know, just doing my thing. Um, all right, you've been in, Dave, right? Joe, have you ever been? I have not. No. Okay, I Dave. Been, sorry. I'm gonna go. I have the menu pulled up, so I know it off the top oh. of my head. All right. You've had a beverage there, right, Dave? I don't think I have. Really? What is wrong? Well, 
Well, I go in there while I'm working. So we'll go in there some other time. Uh, <laughs> all right. I can't get a reservation. I'm like Mike. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give Mike my two drinks. Okay. And I know all people right, are please. gonna start screaming. Okay. Um, the fuzzy tauntaun. We tried that one time. That makes your lips tingle, Mike. Tingle, tingle. It's got a little foam on the top. Um, I've heard of that. Yep. Yep. The fuzzy tauntaun is the one I did. Um, and then I. It's ex- oh, it, really? Go really ahead. quickly yeah, while yeah. you're on that. Do you know what the internal temperature of a tauntaun is? No. Lukewarm? Lukewarm. Oh, gosh. This is, we're on a roll. <laughs> um, we, we, Mike, it's a little expensive, but you get the souvenir mug, and I have the mug downstairs. Uh, the Yub Nub, okay? It's 45 bucks. Uh, it's rum. It's light rum, dark rum, uh, citrus juices, passion fruit juices, and it's served in a souvenir mug. And the mug's pretty cool. It reminds me of the mugs from over at, um, help me. Um, Trader Sam's? Yep, Trader Sam's. They're a lot like that. So uh, it's super, super cool. Um, and then I'm trying to remember which one Katie did. I'm looking at it. Anyway, she did. She did the one with the uh, the the bobo balls on the it, bobo right? balls. Yeah. Uh, anyway, one of these, but she really liked it. Um, but yeah, Ogus Cantina man is golden. All right, so here's the thing. All right, once this is all said and done. We all are going to be in Orlando sometime in 2022 together. Um, we haven't figured this out, but the next Disney Dads trip will happen in 2022. Um, and I'm sure we'll be in Orlando, a lot of us too. Um, we all need to go here together. Y'all in? I'm in. Oh, I'm in. The two Florida people are like, yeah, we're going to be there. <laughs> And I'm not saying that I won't be in Orlando, just Riley and I, in July. But I'm just saying. Wink, wink. Um, so we maybe some of us can get together then, too. Um, let's see here. Let's move on. Let's get to the fun stuff, man. Let's, let's really talk about something fun. Mike, I hope you're going to do one of these while you're there. Although we did get an uh, a uptick in the price here, just announced this week. Um, and that is going to either build a droid, which I have done or building a lightsaber, heading over to Savi's workshop, uh, or heading over to the Droid Depot. Um, I'll give my opinion on the droids, because that's the only thing I've done, so I don't have any experience with the other. I've even been in there, because I've never had a reservation. I had so much fun with Riley building a droid. Um, The whole experience was a blast, from her being able to pick out her parts, to the conveyor belt, to just the way it's handled, um, the way that the, the people working there, you know, helped and interacted and told the story and it was just it was absolutely perfect i recommend if the lightsaber is a little bit out of your price range or if you have younger kids i really recommend building a droid um it's really cool and also it gives you a if you have a kids it gives you a great excuse to get one for yourself and you could say it's your kids they play with it for a week and then it's yours so you just kind of have to fill their heads with what you really want um but i i had an absolute blast the droid depot uh Joe, I know you haven't because, you know. But not- my nephew has built one. A droid. Nice. Did you, were you yes. there? Yes. I, I was not, but I did get to see it. They built it. We were all in Disney at the same time. Yeah. But I was not in the park the same day they were. But I did get to play with it afterwards. It was fun. It's fun, man. We it's, were. It's fun. And, and if there's a Star Wars thing that I actually do love, I love the droids. So, I, yeah, I, it's cool. I call, them, I call them trash cans on other podcasts a lot. I'm like, oh, the trash cans are awesome. They're, they're actually really cool. Um, you know, I will say this. If I could just jump into the lightsaber thing real quick. Mike, if you decide to build a lightsaber, please stand in your hotel room with the lights off 
leave the leave the curtains open so everybody who walks outside your room can see you playing with the lightsaber. Because I've done that. I've like walking around Saratoga Springs at night, and you'll see people like grown men playing with their lightsabers in their rooms by themselves. It's amazing. It's priceless. It's a family show, Joe. When you can't talk about this kind of stuff. <laughs> and he's like, they, they, these guys are playing with their lightsaber. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, yeah. I, so I've never done the lightsaber. Very expensive. Um, but some amazing, amazing photos I've seen of families doing them. Um, Dave, have you ever been in, in, into uh, um, to see the lightsabers being built uh, over there at Savi's workshop? I have walked through the room once, um, but uh, I haven't actually been present for the construction of one. Um, I walked in and went, oh, this is really cool. And then I had to keep going. Um, but, I mean, here's the thing. If you're spending $200 on a lightsaber, you can spend 220 It's not yeah, like exactly. this 100%. price increase is not the end of the world. Um, they are phenomenal to look at. They are... It, I... I don't need one. I'm a big Star Wars fan, and I don't know if I necessarily need one. Um, I don't know if Mike needs one. Mike, do you need one? So here's the thing. I had a reservation to do it, then I gave up the reservation, and then I saw some of our Disney family doing it, and I got a reservation <laughs> again, and then I says, what am I going to do with this thing? So I think I, I canceled the reservation, so as of this very moment, I don't have one. <laughs> Um, I think I'd rather buy the movie replica, you know, spend the... Because I think the movie replica ones, from what I remember, were about 140 150 each. And they come in that nice case. I would rather do two of those and put those on display <clears throat> with some of my other stuff that I have. Instead of having those big lightsabers. Because the novelty for me is going to wear off very quickly. Because it's, it's a pretty big piece with, you know, the full saber. I have no real good spot to put that right now. Uh... When I leave this house and we move out to you know to our, our retirement house and I kind of have my own little man cave room, maybe then. But until then, now I've been kind of banished to the garage. So it's uh, all right. Yeah, you know, that's where I'm at. Can we talk about the power of Disney? I love the fact that when they Batu becomes a reality, right, and building a uh, lightsaber becomes a reality, and buying the the Coke can, what are they called, detonators or what? You know, the Coke detonators that they had. You know, the the, the bottle, the bottles of Coke that you buy, and it's like a it's like a it's like a detonator or whatever. The thermal detonator. Thermal detonator. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Yeah. But at the time, you couldn't carry any of this on a plane, right? And they Disney goes to TSA and goes, "Hey, check it out, dude. We're making tons of money. Please let our people carry this stuff on." They're like, "Cool, okay, we'll change our policy for you. That sounds good." Uh, David reminds me of when Disney Cruise Line was coming into its infancy. And they go, hey, we would like to paint our ships the same color as Mickey, you know. And they go, well, no, you can't have that color. It has the life. The life uh, boats have to be this color. And they're like, we, we really like them to be yellow. And they're like, okay, you're Disney. You can be yellow. So Disney's the only uh, company in the world. Disney Cruise Line's the only company in the world that has yellow life lifeboats like that. So pretty, pretty unique. Um, very, very cool. Uh, let's move on to something. Uh, that I think, Dave, you would you'd be best to, to take this on. Um, hidden gems. Uh, you know, when people talk about things in uh, not only Galaxy's Edge, but Disney, I really always urge people to slow down. Slow down and look around because there's so much around Walt Disney World and around the parks that a lot of people miss when they're rushing to get on uh, or Australianing to get on Space Mountain or uh, uh, Splash Mountain or to ride Smuggler's Run or to do all this. There's so many little 
things, little nods. And one thing I love about you, you and I will be walking through the park and, you know, we'll be talking about something completely off the wall, like something that's not, not Disney at all. And you'll just kind of grab my shoulder and be like, oh, wait, 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 right here. I want you to look to your right and right over that limb, there is a toothpick yeah. that was left there by an Imagineer that was concreted <laughs> over. And you're like, oh, cool. I didn't know that was there, you know? Um, take me through Galaxy's Edge. Some of your favorite little notes that, that you like to, to point out to people. There, there, there are so many wonderful things uh in disney that um that we get the opportunity to and if you know about them it's just that cool little moment where you're like i know about this um it's actually one of the things that annoys me with um some of the the way social media is going nowadays where uh people need to um post and um and sometimes have a negative impact on uh, some of the the cool little things that, or things that make people laugh uh, in our Disney theme parks. Um, but I do have a couple that when I saw you put this on the list, I was like, oh, I've got a couple to bring to that. Um, the first one is the trash cans. Mm, yeah. Um, I do love the trash cans for a particular reason. And that reason actually goes once again back to... Um, to A New Hope, which is um, uh, episode four, where there is a moment where we encountered a trash compactor um, on that uh, on the Death Star, where they, um, after they uh, save Leia from the detention block, and then they wind up in there, and they get tackled by the Dianoga, and then that they are uh, back up top, and then it activates, and it starts closing in on them, and there's that moment where 3PO is like, no, shut them all down, and there's all the panic, and then it, f- it gets fixed, and there's a moment where um, Luke, uh, speaking into the intercom, tells 3PO and R2 uh, to open trash compactor 3263827. I think that number is correct. It's not in front of me. Um, and and that's what happens. And that number is actually printed on every single trash can in Galaxy's Edge. Um, so when you're walking around, you'll actually encounter that number printed on all the trash cans. Um, the nod within the Star Wars universe is that legend has it that that is actually... Um, Mark Hamill's phone number in California while they were filming in England and George Lucas told him hey um, just pick a number whatever number it is say it the same every time so it doesn't matter what take I use that's the number uh, to the best of my knowledge that is no longer Mark Hamill's phone number please don't try <laughs> Why not? to Give a shot. that would be weird it would be weird you need an area code yeah um, but yeah, so a great little uh, reference there. Um, there is a Dianoga uh, located in the water fountain near um, the... Uh, so we have that same alien makes an appearance on the planet of Batu. Uh, it's the little one-eyed thing that... Yep. Um, and then one of my other... there's Sorry, uh, a couple of other things. Um, one of my favorites is there is... On the underside of the navigation pod on the Millennium Falcon, when you're standing looking at the Millennium Falcon, there's what's called the navigation pod, which has the windows, um, and it's closest to the entrance of Smuggler's Run. When you're standing there, all the way underneath, there is a little hidden 
miniature version of the Millennium Falcon located on the Millennium Falcon. So they can't really do a hidden Mickey because Mickey doesn't really exist in the Star Wars galaxy. But this is an amazing moment where there's a Millennium Falcon on the Millennium Falcon. And it's just a so well done. Yeah, that um, the, yo, I want to talk yeah. a little bit about the my Please. one of my favorite things and that is the uh the massive foot that sits right there. Massive massive foot that comes from a previous uh a, a previous attraction, am I correct? Yes, indeed. Go ahead. Please. No, after you. Go ahead. Um uh, so I'm not I actually um that foot is um located just up outside the door of Doc Onda's Den of Antiquities um, and does make a reference to um, a previous attraction. Um, it is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the foot of Anubis, mm-hmm. I think yep. it is, um, from uh, the Great Movie Ride yep. in that scene um, where they, uh, where the, the host would take back over from the gangster um, who had um, kicked him off the ride earlier. Um, in that moment where the wall would spin and all of that, they took one of the set pieces there, and there is a giant foot just outside the den of antiquities. It's a yes. good foot too. They have, they have summer feet. It's a great foot. They have summer Once feet. A great, yeah, it would be, it'd be um, terrible if they had like mangled toes and stuff. We're getting to summer. Yeah, that would be weird. You know? be that would be weird. Awful. The Egyptians were good at that. It's fine. Pedicures, nice. Um, the only other uh, one that I had to make reference to is that in the in the marketplace, there is, and this is probably my favorite, uh, if the foot is yours, this is probably mine. In the marketplace, there are three vehicles lodged on the wall. There is a red one, a green one, and a blue one. And in the middle, the green one kind of looks a little bit like... Um, a, a Star Warsy motorbike, hovering mm-hmm. motorbike kind of element, and that particular uh, vehicle has three letters written on it. Uh, they're white letters, and it's written in Arabesh, which is the language of the Star Wars universe. And in Arabesh, those three letters are L M A. And those three letters in that particular order within uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios refers to lights, motors, oh, action. I didn't know this. Which is the attraction, the car stunt show that used to be in that exact area. Um, and um, and they tore it all down to uh, leave room to be able to build um, Galaxy's Edge. And that particular vehicle, that green vehicle, is one of the motorbikes from that, uh, from that attraction that used to be ridden, they tore it to pieces and put it back together in a jumbled way that made it look Star Warsy and cool. Painted it green and then slapped those three letters on it. So it's actually a previous piece from that attraction, making reference and paying homage to uh, to what is there. Joe, now when I it's amazing. that is really cool. When I when I when the Great Movie Ride was closing, I was like ah, I was up in arms, just like losing my mind. Then they knocked out of the park with Mickey and Minnie's. I can see you being really upset about losing lights, motors, action. Uh, I was actually more upset because I actually really liked the uh, the backstage studio tour from back in the day, oh, yeah, back in the original back. MGM. Yeah. But, you know, I, I was 50-50 on it because I had seen it so many times because I'm into motorcycles, I'm into cars. But after a while, I was kind of like, eh, uh, 50-50 on it, man. I, I really, But I do appreciate the, the details 
that Dave just explained. It, it's kind of like I always have a smile when I go through a test track and I see the references to world of uh, the old world of motion. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like when they make references to the old attractions that used to be there. I think it's that's a little bit of that Disney magic that's still there. I like that attention to detail. You know, so yeah. I and Mike, you lights motor action was that your thing? You, you jam? I did. I probably did about two or three times. I enjoyed it more than the girls did. Uh, I, I I thought it was really cool. I actually liked my favorite part of that was walking past a shop. I th- I think it was either on the exit mm. or on the entrance. There was a little the cutout, and you could see the guys working. There all the toolboxes in there. You know, me being a shop guy and being a shop supervisor, uh, I enjoyed kind of peeking into the shop and watching the guys do the stuff in there. I would love to have it. Obviously, it was still around. If there was some kind of backstage tour where you could get a like a like a like an up close, you know, kind of how they do it kind of thing that would have been really my jam i would have loved that probably more than the actual attraction itself uh we did it a few times i liked it and the uh you know it was good like i said i really enjoyed that shop though as you would see i think it was as you exited the uh attraction they uh they got me every time man every time i thought he was driving backwards and every time that car would turn around and i would just be (gasps) i'd be like a fool i'd be (laughs) tapping people around me going he's driving backwards better than i drive forwards and then he would that car would flip around and you would see that driver and you're like ah got me again gotcha got me again uh dave let's move on to our ninth one uh you mentioned it uh, i think it's 8 or ninth here we go uh you mentioned it uh at right in the closing kind of talking about uh, about one of my favorite places to walk through and that's the black spire outpost market um one of the better themed areas i think in that in in galaxy's edge and here's why when you watch a Star Wars movie, whether you're a fan or not, and you watch them walk through these markets on these worlds, and you see the people, it's weird how Disney guests almost play a role. Um, they did a really good job. I know they weren't planning for COVID when this happened, but they did a really good job in making that area feel more crowded than really anywhere else in the land. Like as you walk through. And it has to be intentional because it feels like a marketplace. Like as you're walking through and you're, you, you can see into every shop, you know, as you're walking through, you can see the jewels of Bith and you can see uh, the wooden Wookiee and, and all those great spots. So I really, really enjoy this. Mike, I think this is one of those. And right at the end of it, if you go through, you have Rano's Roasters, which I've still not eaten at yet. Um, I don't know if it's any good. Um, Dave, you've eaten there, I'm, I'm assuming. I have I have had a Ronto wrap on a couple of occasions. Pretty good. So it fill, it fills a gap. Nice. Yeah, why not? Nice. Um, you know, if you, if you walk through, you've got Ronto's sitting right there. Uh, Mike, I really see you spending a lot of time in this area, just kind of walking through, looking at the details, like like Dave was just talking about, and looking at uh, at all the different stuff you can buy. I dude, the, the I feel so bad for the cast member that has to take his stuff back to his resort at the end of the stay. It's good. They're going to need a box just for Mike's stuff. It's going to be insanity. My wife's going to well, kill me. Yo, I, yeah. I'm, already, I'm, I'm already planning all of my excuses, but we really needed this. <laughs> um, they, I, I'll put your mind at ease. Um, due to COVID restrictions, I don't think they actually do deliveries back to the resort for you. Uh, but what they will do is they will sh- uh, send it off planet and ship it back to your house for you. Like, yeah. They'll take care oh, of you, man. Like Mike's, Mike's done this. He bought a dude. Have you not heard what he bought? The Christmas. Oh, oh Mike, tell him what you bought at Christmas. So we oh, wanted, it, it rated a mention in an episode. Yes, yeah, please reach out. Yeah, we were in the Christmas store one time, and they had this this tremendously huge. <clears throat> 
Mickey and Minnie statue. I think they were standing in front of a Christmas tree or something, and they had these little cardinals on the tree. And my wife was like, "I have to have this." And the guys, were, well, it's really not for sale. You know, it's not. You know, we're not selling this. It's 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 a display piece. And I, she says, "Well, you know, it kind of meant a lot to me. The cardinals on the tree." Blah blah blah. She says, "Let me get the manager." So the manager says, "Yeah, um, what would you what would you be comfortable paying?" I said, "Well, what do you think it's worth?" And you know, they went through this whole thing with us, and uh, they gave us a price, and we said, "Okay, that's fine with us." And they said, "Okay, we'll." ship it to your house and there it was they put it in a box and they shipped it to the house now i have this incredible statue that was on display in the christmas shop and uh now it's here in my house oh dear yeah uh you're that guy yeah you know the um you know the 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 things you were talking about the red and the green and, and all that yeah one of those will be missing by the time mike leaves yeah it's just like and mike's got it under he's, yeah, he's like all right i'm heading back and, yeah. yeah it'll be good right. um Ship it to me. Yeah. Um, well, let's uh, let's let's move on to uh, to. We have two left. Um, and I am oh, going really quickly. Sorry. Hey, hey. Oh, go ahead. Um, yeah. Before sorry, before we get out of the market, um, one of the, they they did such a good job with the merchandising. Mm, I mean, yeah. Disney is amazing at merchandising in general, but they did such a good job with the merchandise op- options available there. And one of the things that I thought they did really well with was um, they wanted to do dolls. They wanted to do um. They wanted to do, like, some kind of keepsake that looks um, a little bit like a, yeah, like a um, like a doll of some description. And at the beginning of Rogue One, there's actually a moment where a young Jin Erso uh, is playing with a stormtrooper turned into a doll. And so it kind of set this precedent within the galaxy that they could have things like this. So they then created a bunch of the characters from uh, the Star Wars universe as we know it uh, and turned them into these uh, almost handcrafted looking dolls. And they are tremendous. They are really well done um, and just a really great little keepsake uh, of your visit on planet. I'm I'm not saying that uh, you don't have a friend who might not like a doll, you know? From uh, from on planet, but you know you might you might have a buddy that might need something like that. Um, we'll uh, we'll move on to uh, to really what I think is one of the best things to do. Um, I have said for a long time that you know you can buy dolls, you can buy lightsabers, but the best gift you can bring home from any Walt Disney World vacation or any trip on planet to Batu is your photos. And that's why everyone should always do the photo pass every time they go uh, to the parks. I really do recommend it. It is worth every penny um, for what you get out of it. And one of the things you must do when you're on planet is have some of the coolest photo opportunities anywhere in any of the parks uh, done. Um, Katie is a photo person. We have tons of photos on planet. Um, And I I will say this. Some of our best Disney photos come from on planet. When we built our droid, uh, like I say, our droid, we built our droid. Same same thing I did when Katie was pregnant. I say, we're, our, we're pregnant, you know, like that. She gets so mad. Um, we would build our droid. And this photo pass photographer in front of Millennium Falcon, you know, it's not very busy. This was back in August. And so there was not many people in the parks. Riley in front of the Millennium Falcon with no one behind her. And her droid, and this photo pass photographer did an entire photo shoot. Didn't have to, but went out of their way. And those pictures are incredible. Um, then we proceeded to go back to Jumbo House, where we were one of like five families staying there. And uh, Riley just piloted her droid all around the lobby, which was super cool. Um, 
but amazing photos. The 360 degree photo where it makes it look like you're on planet, like you're literally standing on a planet is so, so cool. And then I love what Disney's done. And I believe this was the first time they did this and they went on to uh, take it to uh, Magic Kingdom I know of. And that's the long shot. Um, You know, when you're standing in the hub there, you can you can have the long shot, and then when you're standing there, um, I believe it's where Kylo Ren uh, comes out there. Um, they do that long shot photo. Uh, I I think it's I think it's one of the best things to do, Mike. I really really have fingers crossed that you will do a solo photo session all around Galaxy's Edge, just you. That would make me so happy. I'm gonna pull it up and I'm gonna do my photo shoot like a like a like a like a model and uh, yeah I'm looking forward to that I'm I'm it's it's one of those things that out of a lot of things that I've been looking forward to for a long time it's gonna be walking into Galaxy's Edge and really I'm gonna be you know I'm gonna be spamming myself with pictures I'm gonna be spamming you guys with pictures and and I'm hopefully get some good photo you know some photo shots yeah dude I, I can't wait Joe do you take a lot of photos when you're in the parks so we used to. Right, but I find myself more taking more photos around the resorts at dinner, like like events with friends. We used to do a lot of the photo pass stuff, but we'll get we'll get one like here and there, but we won't do as many as we used to. But we'll do a lot like if we meet up with friends for dinner, we'll do like group shots. Oh, you remember this trip? So unfortunately, for what we're talking about right now, we, Jen and I we've done so, one or two of the photos, um, the photo pass spots in Galaxy's Edge. But besides that, like the 360 photos, like the long shot, we haven't done any of those yet now, unfortunately. Well, I know one thing. You love uh, you love NASCAR. You love driving things. I do. This will bring us to our final thing, and this is something I think everyone should do. Um, why I think Rise of Resistance is the best attraction in on Batu, um, I think this is probably the best experience because it's something everyone's wanted to do their entire life if you're a Star Wars fan. Uh, Joe, have you ever piloted the Millennium Falcon? I cannot tell a lie. I have not. I've been the gunner and I've been the engineer a couple of times. You're great at pushing not. buttons, then, sir. That's I'm it. great at pu- I'm great at pushing buttons, and it seems like every time that I I've probably been on it three times. There's always a small child or somebody who doesn't speak English that is piloting the plane, and we're just a giant mess. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I haven't had, I haven't had a chance to do it. Yet. You're a nicer person than me. I stand right up there and go, "I'm piloting. Get out of the way. Here I come." Dave, you've piloted the Millennium Falcon. I'm guessing. I have piloted the Millennium Falcon uh, a number of times. I've been a gunner. I've been an engineer. Here's the thing. I I, I don't mind where I sit once you... Um, it is fun to pilot. Um, it's a lot of responsibility. Um, and there's a Wookiee who's very upset with you if you don't do a good job yeah. of it. Um, but as you, were, as you said, um, I have a quick story from the first time I ever uh, went to this attraction. It was during a cast member preview. And... Uh, it, my wife and I, we were standing in uh, the hallway just before you board, and and she looked at me, and in a tone that I found very judgmental, and resented a little bit even, she looked at me and she said, "Are you going to cry?" And I responded, "No." But I need a moment, okay? And at the time, I didn't completely, right, um, I didn't completely understand how to put it into words, but now I do. And it's, it's this thing that since December of 1977, little boys and girls across the galaxy created this moment of stepping on board the Millennium Falcon. It's 
something that's iconic. I mean, even if you're not a huge Star Wars fan, both Justin and Joe, you you know the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. It, you may not be able to quote that it made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs, but it, it's well known. It's this iconic element, and it's something that captured the imagination of boys and girls. And Disney built it and then handed it to our guests and said, you can touch it. Yeah. You get to fly it. You get, like, and it, it, just thinking about that gives me goosebumps every time. That, like, there's little boys and girls every single day who go, whose world is made. Cause, and, like, Mike, Mike's day is going to be made. Like, you walk down this hallway and they turned it into an air bridge that makes you feel like you're literally stepping on board. And you turn this corner, a corner that Han Solo runs around that corner and screams, Chewie, start the engines! And... You're transported to that moment. And uh, it blows me away every time. And you enter a room where you get to sit at the Dejaric desk. Um, for those of you who mm-hmm. aren't aware, that's the hollow chess game um, that you should never challenge a Wookiee to. Um, and in that room, if you spend a few moments and look at the details, and Mike, when you're in there, if you look at that cast member and say... I'm about to ride. Can I have a moment? They'll like, they'll like figure out where to put you in a group and, or where your group is going to be and take a look around at all the detail in a random box on a shelf. There's the visor that Luke put on when he first trained to be a, um, a Jedi while he was standing in that room, while Ben Kenobi was was training him, and it's got the small little flying device that shoots lasers at him uh, in the same box. And so you've got these two iconic pieces from that moment where, where Luke first held a lightsaber, and you're in the room where it happened, and it, it's breathtaking. I love I love I love Dave's boy boyish like love for this. I'm sitting here. I'm like, I, what do I like this much? I I love you know what I mean. I love his boyish love for this. It makes Joe it. I'm just like watching him. He's he is in heaven right now. I love it. I but but I love sharing it. Like I enjoyed it for myself. Yeah. And yes, I got choked up in the moment and I was transported myself but then I love sharing it and telling people and sometimes we're similar to why I didn't know how to answer my wife's question of am I going to cry like sometimes we don't even know why we are transported why it is such an important moment for us and so I love being able to like point that out and let people absorb it and take that moment for themselves and enjoy it and like I will I will, you know me, you've been on tour with me. I will spend 98% of my day at the front of the group because we have a destination and we've got X, Y, and Z that we're going to do and I want to take you there. And in that moment, I will step to the side and stand there and I've got that boy, that girl, that dad, that mom, whoever it is that loves Star Wars, that this is their moment of the day. I will step to the side and I'll be like, welcome aboard the Millennium Falcon. And I just think, let them walk it. I think if I could go to New Zealand and like walk through Middle Earth, I think that's where because I love Lord of the Rings. Okay. I relate a lot. Um, 
Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I think that's where get, put, you're on. You're on their level. Plus, I just want to go to. Yeah, I don't have to duck to get through the doors. Finally, somewhere I just <laughs> feel right at home. Uh, I just. Uh, I, I would. Lo- I've always wanted to go to New Zealand and Australia anyway. So. Um, that'll be good. Uh, yeah, uh, look, I think it's the best experience inside. I, I love Rise of Resistance. I still think it's the best experience in Galaxy's Edge. I, I don't think that first time you do it and it powers up and there you are and you just, it, it might get something special, buddy. I That's the one moment more than anything. I'm super excited for you to do it because just like Joe was saying, look, we've we've done this now multiple times, the three of us have. It's cool, man, even if you're not really that into it. So for someone who loves it that much, it must be incredible. I mean, just like Dave was saying. So I'm I'm crazy excited for you. I really hope that, you know, if you can tell them, hey, I just want to pilot it once. You know, and actually the weights haven't been that bad uh for the last few times I've been here. So you can ride it a few different times. So you can you can really take your time. It 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 was like thirty minutes this afternoon while I was there. Yeah. Yeah. Which all right, thirty minutes, and it's a good cue too. Terrible. It's a good cue to wait. It in. is. Yeah, like you're not, you know, oh, like I, yeah, I plan on hitting it multiple times, especially if I'm there by myself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I have a question for Mike. You said that you're going to be there one day by yourself, like one of the first days by yourself. Yes. So I uh, think that would be the uh, Friday, the seventh. So, my advice to you is, and and I've done this when I've gone to. Um, different museums or Hall of Fames or something like that. Take advantage of the time being by yourself because sometimes when you're with a group or with your family, they not they might not be a hundred percent into everything that you're doing or what you want to look at. But the fact that you will have the time to look through every single shop, look through every you know, experience different kinds of food. Ride Millennium Falcon two three times. If it's a thirty minute wait, get a line three times, man. Do it up. Try each different position. You know, take advantage of that time by yourself in galaxy's edge and take it every single little minute so you're not rushed because i do that sometimes when i go to different hall of fames or different museums and i'll take my time if i'm with my wife she might not be into everything that you know that i'm into for like a like a hall of fame or something but by myself i can look at every single thing and take my time so that's my advice i'm really glad that you haven't done this yet and you're going to experience it the first time by yourself because then you could show it to your family and things that you think are worth the time and things that aren't worth the time. So that's my opinion. I'm glad it really that you're going to have that time to do it. Yeah, my Definitely. whole day is gonna, yeah, my whole day is going to be focused just on Galaxy's Edge. I don't care if I do, you know, rock and roller coaster, I don't care if I do uh, you know, Tower of Terror. I've done it all a million times before. I, we've done it as a family a million times before. I'm saving the Mickey's Railway when we come back with the family, but uh I want to definitely spend every possible moment I can and take in every little detail that I can and, and, and figure out all those little things so that I can really, uh, really, really absorb every moment of it so I don't feel like I'm taking away from a family vacation. I'm there, I'm by myself, and I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. And here's the thing, is that they built Galaxy's Edge with the expectation that um, the Star Wars hotel that we're aware of is going to transport our guests and give them the opportunity to visit galaxy's edge. And they wanted enough in there that you can do an entire day. There's actually a part of the Disney parks play app. Is that, yeah. 
Am yep, I saying yep, that app yep. correctly? Um, where you can go in and it op- once you're in there, it opens up a separate section just for Galaxy's Edge. You can scan all the QR codes and find all the cool stuff located around it. There's storylines going on of this box needs to be delivered to this location. And if you go to that location and tell them that you found the box, you can actually... Like there's all these different storylines that are taking place. And there is so much to see and explore um, that you can lose a day or more there on your own. So I'm, I am also really excited for that. Very cool. You know, one thing that I'm looking forward to is taking a lot of pictures. And when I do take those pictures, I'm going to put them on my favorite place. That's our Disney Dad's Facebook page. And that brings me to my favorite thing every week, and that would be Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. It's time for us to get our Picks of the Week. Joe, what's your pick of the week? So I, my pick of the week is uh, Amy Ann and Anker Agarwal, and they've actually uh, they made it inside Ogres, a place that I haven't been to yet. So it looks like they're enjoying a, a nice beverage inside there. And from taking a look at their pictures, it does not look too crowded. So it looks like a, a pretty enjoyable experience where probably because of due to COVID restrictions, it's probably limited in there. But uh, it definitely looks a lot more enjoyable, a lot more uh, room to breathe in there. And uh, yeah, it looks like they're having a good time. So that is my uh, pick of the week. Yeah, Anka has been um, posting a whole bunch uh, of elements from his visit, from their visit. And uh, to tack on to that, uh, he and actually found me randomly in Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park the other day um, and was walking by and he's like, Dave, and pointed to me. And um, I was able to take a few moments, uh, meet his wonderful family, um, and uh, they... Uh, the two little ones that were there uh, were in the stroller and he was like, hey, this is Dave. And I started talking and they started talking about how I'm one of the voices that <laughs> even when he, when the kids are listening to the podcast with dad uh, and mom, they get to, they, they know who I am. So it was really funny and cute from that. Um, and it was wonderful to meet him. And I, I love when members of our DDP randomly realize where I am and say hi. I, I greatly appreciate it. So I'll always try to stop and say Love hi. Oh man. Awesome family. Um with that in mind, I have um while well, I've got the mic for a moment, um I'm going to steal this next one. Um something that was really cute um that uh somebody had created um from something they found and we talk about keeping it Disney. Um Faith Welt Richardson um, posted a photo of um, a bottle cap that her husband found um, while he was out walking, and it said grape soda. And, like, we stumbled across this. They've turned it into a magnet, and just doing something fun and keeping it Disney at home uh, with something random that, like, makes you think and transports you to that moment. Uh, the terminology grape soda is very important to Disney cast members. We actually use it as a way of acknowledging other cast members, um, and it's a, uh, a website that we can go to to say, hey, this person really helped me um, because grape soda means helping each other. Uh, as illustrated by the movie Up, and I just loved it. I saw it. I went, love that. I have a uh, I have a pin that I wear on Disney cruises sometimes on my on my suits, a lapel pin that is just a grape soda bottle cap. I absolutely love it, uh, and that's my ringtone uh, when Katie calls me is from Up. So, yeah, it's uh, very, is it married life? Yeah, da-da, da-da, or yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the song yeah, from the yeah, beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually called Married Life. Oh, so there perfect. You go. Yeah, perfect. It works yeah. out then. Hey, we have our 10 Yeah. <clears throat> we have uh, our 10 year anniversary coming up uh, next month. So we That woman needs like an award. I'll tell you what, man. She hmm. is a she's like. a complete rock star, dude. If if yeah, it's just amazing. <laughs> For the times I've annoyed her so many times, it's it's pretty incredible. Uh Mike, go ahead, buddy. You you take the next one. Okay, mine's going to go to Ben Villainview, and they were doing a drive-in movie theater. The kids were setting it up in the living room, and they were watching Mulan, and what a way to keep it Disney at home by uh, a little Disney movie. And uh, you have my pick of the week, Ben. Lovely. Uh, I'm going to jump in and do mine. Uh, mine's going to Michaela Altenhoffen, uh, our good friend. She said a little drawing of Wreck-It Ralph. Um, first off, that's a great drawing. That's not a little drawing. That drawing is absolutely incredible. She's been using YouTube t- t- tutorials for the kids. Um, really, really cool. Hashtag keeping it Disney. Absolutely love it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and cheat, though, too, and do another one. Greg Woods put up an absolutely amazing picture of, uh, of Jason's book, Pobble, um, the, uh, the Rightful King. Uh, go right now and, and get that. Right below this, you can scroll down, click that link, grab your own copy. It's a great addition to your Disney library. Um, while you're doing that, too, look, if you're not a part of this Disney Dads podcast family, we want to see you over there. That's where we get all of our pictures, stories. Uh, we interact, and we get to know you guys, and that's what we love to do. Dave was just talking about running into Anker and Amy in the parks, and uh, we get to know you know these people through, through the Facebook group, and, uh, and we really do appreciate that time. You can, of course, go to our website, www.disneydadspodcast.com. Uh, there you can find the link to uh, all of our shows, and also you can find the link to our emails. We all have our personal emails. It's just our name. So Disney Dad Dave, Disney Dads Joe uh, at gmail.com, and, of course, Justin, Mike, and Jay. Uh, Jason, um, if you want to email us personally or DisneyDadsPodcast at gmail.com. Last and not least, look, if you are interested in booking a trip, make sure to reach out. show at awaywithmetravel.com. We will get you taken care of. We're looking forward to hearing from you soon. Uh, it's a great time to uh, to use an agent that has your back. We'll take care of the planning for you. And uh, also helping a small business uh, after this past year is a awesome, awesome thing. And also, if you want to give the show a virtual hug, pick up the phone, slap us five stars, leave that review. That's how we help grow the show. That's how we reach more and more people. That's how we grow this family, this positive place that we spread Disney love and Disney cheer on a weekly basis. And without you, it does not happen. And we appreciate you. Uh, guys, we're going to have a fun patron show. Um, you know, we've been talking a little bit about Galaxy's Edge. And the one thing about Patron is uh, we go a little more adult. Uh, for as little as $2 a month, you can come over and join that Patron side. Click that link right there below, and uh, you can become part of that Facebook Facebook group uh, and also get the extra part of the show. But we've talked about being Galaxy's Edge. We've talked about uh, waiting in line, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about how we waste time when we're waiting in line sometimes. you know, Maybe we're trying to uh, use some apps on our phones. Maybe we're doing stuff. And we're also going to talk some of the weirdest apps out there that people should not be using in the Disney parks. Uh, so I'm going to spring those on you and get your opinion. Uh, but before we jump over to the patron side, uh, let's get some closing words. Joe. So I don't know if I'm the first one ever to do this, but some closing thoughts tonight. During the recording of the show, I booked a uh, two-night stay at Saratoga Springs in September nice. and, a, uh, <laughs> and a park pass for May 13th uh, for Hollywood Studios. So, oh, uh, yeah, nice. so I was uh, double uh, multitasking tonight. So, yeah. You were in the mood to get to, Gal- to Galaxy's Edge. You want to be a boss? I just, I just realized I have a lot of points I have to use before the end of the year. So. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's that's a uh, that's like having like your diamond shoes are too tight and your wall's too small for your fifties. You know, you just yeah, can't. Pr- yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, I understand. That's that's a rough problem to have. Mike, how about you, buddy? 
Uh, you know, I was so glad we got to talk about this tonight. You know, I had this on my radar for a very long time. Uh, this is something that I have a long time coming. Uh, it, it's near and dear to my heart, and, uh, you know, we've all had some rough times, and I could definitely use this as a vacation, and I'm so excited. I'm glad we got to get a little sneak peek into it tonight. I got to see you guys again and spend some time with my Disney family, which is always a plus, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing the uh, Patreon tonight. So excited for you, man. So excited for you. Uh, Dave, how about you, bud? Um, I mean, while this show was on, I checked my schedule and for tomorrow and I'll be back at work and in the theme park. So that, that also counts. I think Joe, uh, no, if you, if you, if you've listened to the last 60, 70 minutes of this, of this podcast and you haven't realized how passionate I am about it, uh, you've missed the point. Um, I, I am a self-confessed Star Wars enthusiast, nerd, geek, however you want, whatever word, and I'm happy with any of those words being attached. Um, I love the Star Wars universe. It, it's, it's a big part of my childhood and Galaxy's Edge is one of those moments where Disney lobbed a ball and just knocked it out of the park in every way, shape and form. And there's, there's so much to explore. There's so much to talk about. There's so many little hidden bits and pieces and I didn't even get to all of the ones that I know about. Um, Oh, really quickly. Even if you, even if you don't need to utilize the facilities while you are in galaxy's edge, Go to the bathroom. Just walk into the bathroom. For for the way Disney extends the storyline, and like so often we can be in um, Africa in Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park, and and you go bathroom, and it's literally just like every other bathroom in Disney World. Go into the bathrooms uh, located in Galaxy's Edge. Um, phenomenal. The way the the design of it, um, and the way the storyline continues in there, um, the, just with the design is amazing. Things like that that you don't even think of. Just go and enjoy it. Spend a day. Spend a week. Like Mike. Well, be like Mike. It's the perfect uh, transition because uh, while you're there, you can check in at one of these super weird apps we're going to talk about over on the patron side. Places I've pooped. <laughs> no. Um, and no, you can check it. in and you can have your spot and you'll be uh, you'll be in good shape. Uh, Disney Dad's Patreon family, hang on for just a minute. Disney Dad's family, have an amazing week. Thank you so much. Spread some Disney cheer. And until next time, guys, we'll see you real soon. Have a good night, everybody. Have Cheers. Good night. From Mike, Justin, and myself, we want to say thank you. And remember, always keep it Disney. And they all live happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the wonder. And that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.